Yeah. 
talk to you for a few minutes from the subject desperation and faith desperation and faith desperation is brought on by a feeling of helplessness and it usually results in rash or radical behavior it's not uncommon for desperation to be coupled with either destructive or self-destructive behavior. When someone is desperate, there's no telling of what they are capable. But when we couple desperation with faith, the potential outcome takes on an entirely different tone. When Moses and the children of Israel were trapped at the Red Sea with Pharaoh and the army of Egypt threatening to mow them down, certainly desperation covered the camp. But in desperation, Moses turned to the Lord in faith, and the Lord created a highway through the sea, crossed them safely to the other side. When the Hebrew boys were faced with the prospect of being burned alive in Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace, there must have been a sense of desperation that got hold of these young men. But in desperation, they stretched out in faith on God's character. And God became the fourth man dancing with them in the fiery furnace. When our parents and grandparents don't have to stay with scripture, it's, it's true in our own lives. When our parents and grandparents were threatened with fire hoses and nightsticks and distempered dogs, when they were confronted with church bombings and house burnings because they dared to take a stand for freedom and equality, they were often overwhelmed by a sense of desperation. But when they fed their desperation with faith in God, when they locked arms and locked hearts together and began to sing, ain't gonna let nobody turn us around, 
God responded to their faith by bringing us into a brighter day. We may not be able to control the conditions that cause us to feel desperation, but we do have a say as to how we respond to our desperate moments. And the promise of God is that if we respond in faith, he will deliver us. If we respond in faith, he's able to cause good things to pass. In times like these, we who are the church must respond to desperate situations with faith. In times like these, the church needs the spiritual strength that can only come from operating in sustaining faith. Now, somebody ought to be asking right now, what is sustaining faith? I'm glad you asked. The Bible describes three levels of faith. There is saving faith, faith that comes from repenting from sin and inviting Jesus into our hearts. Paul tells us in Romans 5 and 1, this faith justifies us before God and is the means by which we enjoy his peace. Saving faith is transformative. It is what we discussed in the morning worship where the cripple from Lystra believed and was given the ability to walk. Then there is sanctifying faith. As we grow in our relationship with Christ, our faith in him is strengthened by our experience with him. And we come to rely less on ourselves and more on Jesus. In Galatians 2 and 20, Paul says that his faith has grown so through his experience with Christ that it is no longer him who lives, but Jesus living in him. And that the life he lives, he lives by faith in the Son of God. But the faith that we're focusing on in this worship is sustaining faith. It is the most mature form of faith. Sustaining faith is the ability to maintain an expectation of great things from God. And in desperate times, we need a faith that enables us to expect great things. Saving faith looks to God to do something for us. Sanctifying faith responds to what God has done for us. But sustaining faith says, I'll do whatever it takes to serve him. When disappointments come, I'll serve him. When I'm dealing with failure, I'll serve him. And my brothers and sisters, if the church is going to be effective in meeting the needs of our time, then we're going to have to move past saving faith and past sanctifying faith, and we're going to have to learn how to develop sustaining faith. In our text today, Luke tells us of a desperate situation that demanded a response of sustaining faith. As Jesus returned from the land of the Gerizines, he was met by a man named Jairus who had a sick child. The child was so sick that she was near 
death. And even though Jairus was a synagogue ruler and was officially opposed to Jesus, he was desperate for his child to be healed. And so he came to ask Jesus for help. Now, this man is not the subject of our message today, but just let me say this in passing. Desperation has the ability to reveal the depth of our beliefs. Before Jairus' child got sick, he never would have come to Jesus. Jairus represented Orthodox Judaism. Jairus had declared Jesus to be a false teacher and a blasphemer. In other places, Orthodox Judaism had declared that Jesus' signs and wonders were done by the power of Beelzebub. But when desperation came to Jairus' house, Jairus forgot all about that. And all Jairus cared about was getting his child well. My brothers and sisters, if these times don't do anything else, they ought to make us come running to Jesus. We have an incompetent president who's seeking re-election by fostering hatred and sexism. We ought to come running to Jesus. He and the Republican Senate are packing the Supreme Court so that they can take away health care from the masses of Americans in the middle of a pandemic. We ought to come running to Jesus. Our state legislature is trying to strip our governor of his authority to lead us through this pandemic. And at the same time, they're trying to give big corporations the ability to skirt paying their fair share of property taxes. We ought to come running to Jesus. Black people are disproportionately poor, disproportionately underserved regarding health care, disproportionately unemployed, disproportionately marginalized in terms of educational opportunity, disproportionately on the wrong side of the criminal justice system. In these desperate times, we ought to be like Jairus and we ought to come running to Jesus. Jesus agreed. I'll go with you, Jairus. But, but as he was headed that way, someone else approached Jesus who needed help. There was a woman who was having to deal with her own desperate time. The, the text tells us several important things that can prove to be helpful to us at this time. First, we're told that this woman was desperate because she could get no satisfaction from human systems. Everything else in her life had let her down. Read the text. She had been sick for 12 years. And over 12 years, everything let her down. Her economy let her down. When her condition started, she had some money, but that had long run out. The Bible says that she had spent all her money, but still she had not been healed. And church, all of us need money in this life, but don't put your faith in money because there will come a time when money will let you down. Health care 
had let her down. This woman had investigated what medicine had to offer. She'd gone to doctor after doctor, and none of them could do her any good. And my brothers and sisters, it's all right to have confidence in secular knowledge, but you need to know there will come a time in your life when secular knowledge will not have the answer to your problem. Social networking had let her down. This woman had once enjoyed many friends, but her condition made her a social outcast. And after 12 years, her friends had put her down. Church, if you live just a minute, you'll discover that friends will let you down. Live just a little while and you'll discover that there will come a time when loved ones won't have time for you. This woman had no friends. She had no money. She had no hope from the things of this world. But what she did have was a sustaining faith deep down in her heart. There were things that she could have done. She could have given up. She could have turned her back on God. She could have become bitter and angry, but her faith caused her to take a risk. She decided, I'm going to hold on a little while longer. Even though I don't see a way now, I believe that God still cares about me. So I'm going to keep the faith until my change comes. When this woman heard that Jesus was passing through, she, she had some serious decisions to make. According to her religion, she was unclean. She was not supposed to come into contact with anyone until she had been free of her bleeding for 14 days and declared clean by her priest. And to break the rules was to subject herself to the possibility of being put to death. But she asked herself, how can I get clean if I have to wait to be declared clean? This woman decided that the rules were adding to her desperation. And she decided that she had to take the risk of going against the rules in order to get what she needed. Church, if you want relief from your desperation, then you have to exhibit a faith in Jesus that will embolden us to challenge the rules that are designed to keep us from our healing. By faith, Rosa Parks took the risk and remained seated on a Montgomery City bus. By faith, men and women sat in at lunch counters and took great risks to demand their rights as Americans. By faith, black people marched and bled and suffered and took great risks to declare that they too were deserving of dignity and respect. And if we're going to survive our desperate times, then we must be willing to take a risk on our faith. Let me tell you something today. Folk ain't going to give you nothing. If you want to be healed, if you want to be whole, if you want what God has for you, sometimes you've got to say to the rules, forget the rules. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Well, the final thing that I want you to see is that when the woman 
got her healing. Jesus commended her for her faith. Every day for this woman was a day of faith. As she walked, she walked by faith. When she laid down at night, she laid down by faith. When she got up in the morning, she got up in faith. And because she was sustained by her faith, when Jesus passed by, this woman was ready and her faith was strong. You want to know how strong her faith was? She said, I don't need an audience with him. I don't need to talk to him. I don't even need him to look at me. All I need to do is touch him. If I touch the hem of his garment, then I know that everything will be all right. This woman said, I've been in a desperate situation for 12 long years. Systems couldn't help me. People gave up on me. The rules were set up to keep me from my healing. But through it all, I've kept the faith. And faith has told me that if I just reach out to him, he'll reach back to me. Our church, in times like these, we can be defeated if we let the desperation get to us. But I came by to let you know that Jesus is the answer in desperate times. You don't need a whole lot of show. All you need to do is call him by name. You can call him Lily of the Valley. You can call him Bright and morning star. You can call him sweetest rose of Sharon. You can call him wheel in the middle of a wheel. You can call him way maker. You can call him heart fixer. You can call him burden bearer. You can call him mind regulator. But when you call in your desperation, make sure that you call on the right one. And I declare if you call him, He'll show up. Call him and watch him make a way. Call him and watch him open doors for you. Call him and watch him keep food on your table. Call him and watch him keep clothes on your back. Call him and watch him bring healing to your body and sanity to your mind. Call him. Call him. Call him. Call him. Call him. I declare if you call him he'll show up just when you need him the most he'll show up and when he shows up he'll show out I'm so glad I'm so glad I yes I am the trouble don't trouble lie. Don't lie. 